Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack Warriors. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 147. One book that began to open my eyes to the evils of most of the American hierarchy and many of our priests was a 1996 novel by Father Malachi Martin called Windswept House. Father Martin was a Vatican insider. The startling thing about this book was that in an interview that same year with The Wander, Father said that at least 80% of this novel was absolutely true. Since I knew a number of bishops, and what we'd today call influencer priests by then, as I read this book, I recognized a lot of the characters in the story, and it both scared me and made me sick. This book's not for the faint of heart, but I do recommend it. You'll find a link to it in my show notes. More recently, I read the 2017 book by Michael Voris called Resistance, Fighting the Devil Within. I'll include a link for it, too. Having read this book is what inspired this episode of The Cantankerous Catholic. I don't think you're going to like it because I'll be brutally honest, but you need to hear what I have to say. No one else will give you this level of honesty. Can you see yourself making converts? Very few books have ever been written to teach the mechanics of practical Catholic evangelization, something all Catholics are obliged to do. Of the books available, none teach you a step-by-step method for actually cultivating an inquirer, then taking that inquirer all the way to the baptismal font. Until now, nobody is more qualified to teach Catholic evangelization than Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Joe Sixpack has made hundreds of converts since 1988 in small group and one-on-one venues, and 84 of them are his adult godchildren. Consequently, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is a virtual treasure trove of how-to resources for evangelization. 
In the Lay Evangelist's Handbook, Joe Sixpack will show you how to become one of God's rock stars of evangelization, what the two primary obligations are for all Catholics that most people don't know, how to begin the journey to becoming a saint, the actual mechanics of productive evangelization, the dangers of nice Catholicism, how to hear God laugh, what to do step-by-step to win over a convert, and much, much more. Get your copy of the Lay Evangelist's Handbook by Joe Sixpack, The Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. I'll begin by telling you that this apostolate exists for only one purpose and one purpose alone, to help you save your own soul. When I write my weekly parish bulletin inserts, they're for your soul. When I write my column for the Wander, it's for your soul. When I write my column for Church Militant, it's for your soul. When I publish an episode of The Cantankerous Catholic, it's for your soul. When I write my books, they're for your soul. I do none of this for money, and consequently, I don't make any. That said, I teach the Catholic faith more than anything else I do, and that's because you can't live what you don't know. At least 95% of Catholics neither know nor understand the Catholic faith because the USCCB criminal empire hasn't cared anything about teaching the faith for decades. They stole your faith by cheating you out of its beauty. If you're under 75 years old, chances are that your catechetical formation is nil or almost nil. I certainly teach the 12 articles of the Apostles' Creed and all about the seven sacraments, but the thing I focus on most is Catholic morality. Why? Well, you can get into heaven by the skin of your teeth if you're ignorant of the creed and the sacraments, at least everything except the Eucharist, but you have absolutely no chance of saving your soul if you don't know Catholic morality. And I know from the questions I receive every week that Catholics listening to this show don't have any idea about Catholic morality, especially things pertaining to sexual morality. And that's the main focus of this episode. Repeatedly on this show, I've presented evidence for the existence of God. Likewise, I've repeatedly shown that Jesus Christ is himself God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. You either accept that Jesus is God or you don't. However, I'm assuming that if you're a regular listener to this show, you do indeed accept that truth. In Hebrews 13.8, Paul writes, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Apparently, modern Catholics, even among those who actually read Scripture, don't understand what Paul is saying here. Paul is acknowledging that Jesus is God and that God is perfect and that perfection can't change. If perfection could change, it wouldn't be perfect in the first place. And since God is perfection and can't change, that means that what he teaches through Scripture and the constant 2,000-year teachings of the Catholic Church can't change. Whatever was taught as a moral absolute in 33 AD is still a moral absolute in 2021. The culture may change. 
Cultural changes cause social changes to take place, thus causing people to be more accepting of things that they intuitively know are wrong. But those changes in no way change Catholic morality. For example, Catholics who accept homosexuality as something that's morally acceptable say that the church's teachings are antiquated and need to change with the times, are digging themselves into a hole to a place they'll never have to worry about getting cold. Homosexuality was wrong in Genesis. It was wrong in Revelation. It was wrong repeatedly in Scripture everywhere in between. It will always be wrong, no matter what society and the godless culture tells you. In our modern world, we have a lot of sexual immorality. There's not just homosexuality, but there's adultery, fornication, transgenderism, pedophilia, bestiality, incest, pornography, and a whole lot of other sexual deviancies that are accepted and promoted in modern society. Hopefully, none of you are guilty of these things, though statistically 70% of you men regularly use pornography, and many of you are living in impure sexual relationships. There was a time in America that we actually lived morally in all things pertaining to sex. That all began to change in the 1930s. Until then, all of Christianity universally condemned the one thing that opened the door to a general acceptance of all sexual moral evils that we see today. And today, the Catholic Church stands virtually alone to continue to condemn this single practice. Sadly, upwards of 98% of Catholics today live in a chronic state of mortal sin because they practice this sexual perversion and I'm talking about contraception. Wait, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, so there are a lot of things I don't understand. One thing I do understand, though, is human nature. Chances are that if you're using contraception, you're about to turn off the device you're listening to me on. You can turn it off if you want, but you do so at your own eternal risk. I called contraception a sexual perversion, and that's exactly what it is. Let's look at it strictly from the point of natural law, then you'll see why it's a perversion. God is the supernature. He gave us nature, our natural world. He ingrained in us a human nature, just like he gave dogs a dog nature or horses a horse nature. He made all biological life in two genders. There are male and female dogs, horses, bears, and every other creature. Man is the highest creature among all that God made. He gave us the faculties of intellect and free will, which is why the human soul is made in God's image and likeness, and it's immortal. Yet man is the only creature who has decided to do things that pervert his God-given nature. As I said, all living creatures are made in two genders. Why? so they can perpetuate their individual species. You don't see monkeys, dogs, horses, or any other creature perverting their nature by choosing not to have offspring. Only humans do that. You might say, The animals would contracept if they could, Joe, but they're just dumb animals, so they can't figure out how. No, they can't figure out how, but they wouldn't do it if they could. 
Man is the only one of God's creatures in nature who's capable of offending him with sin. In that sense, the animal kingdom is smarter than we are. Anything that violates nature, what we call natural law, is a perversion of nature. Homosexual relationships are perversions of nature because there's no possibility of those sexual relations producing children, the whole reason for the existence of two genders. Until it became politically incorrect to do so, homosexuals were quite commonly called perverts. They pervert human nature. Likewise, if you're using contraception, you're a pervert. You pervert human nature. But Joe, my priest told me that contraception is okay. Yeah, I'm aware of lots of priests and bishops who will tell you that, but that doesn't make them right. Any priest or bishop who tells you that contraception is okay is a liar and the truth isn't in him. Furthermore, he's telling you that he doesn't give a damn about your soul, that he's perfectly satisfied with you going to hell with him. If you have such a priest or bishop, he needs to be confronted and told that he's a liar and that the truth isn't in him. If you want to find out how the early Christians believed, read patristics. As I've told you in the past, patristics are the extant writings of the early Christians, that is, Catholics. One of the earliest Christian documents is one written near the end of the first century called the Didache. When it was written, there were still people living who were present for the ascension of Christ. The Didache clearly condemns both contraception and abortion. Old Covenant Jews didn't believe in abortion nor contraception, and neither did Catholics, who are merely New Covenant Jews or God's chosen people. The Church continues to teach that contraception is a sin worthy of hell, no matter what lies to the contrary anyone tells you. Here's the bottom line. There's no salvation outside the Catholic Church. When you're in mortal sin, and contraception is certainly mortally sinful, you're outside of the Catholic Church. This means that there's no hope of salvation unless you repent of the sin and ask forgiveness by making a good confession to a priest, possibly to the one who told you contraception is acceptable. There may be some of you listening who used contraception, but you're beyond child-producing years now, so you think you're in the clear. I've got some bad news for you. Unless you've confessed your years of using contraception, you're still in a state of mortal sin, and you've condemned your own soul to hell. Get to confession. Now. Today. People don't like to be told they're going to hell. They get offended. Those who are offended will probably stop listening to this show. Well, I'm sorry if you're offended, but I'm not sorry that what I said offended you. You see, what I've told you is truth, and I'm not sending my own soul to hell for failing to tell you the truth. Hey, Michael Boris here, founder and CEO of Church Militant. Come on over to our website, churchmilitant.com, and get an honest view on all things inside and outside the church. We are the fastest growing Catholic media apostolate in the world, and we have one mission, and that is serving Catholics like you. We have daily discussion, commentary, and news to keep you informed. So what are you waiting for? Visit churchmilitant.com today. 
Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to the Daily Wire. Representative Jim Banks of Indiana was locked out of Twitter after he noted that Rachel Levine, Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, is still a man. Levine was appointed as a four-star admiral in the U.S. Public Service Commission Corps. Twitter said they will lock Banks out of his Twitter account until he deletes a tweet in which he stated, quote, The title of the first female four-star officer gets taken by a man, end quote. <laughs> you can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the Washington Examiner. A report from the Federal Reserve acknowledged that there are nationwide labor shortages and cited vaccine mandates as one of the factors making it difficult for employers to find workers. Firms reported high turnover as workers left for other jobs or retired. Childcare issues and vaccine mandates are widely cited as contributing to the problem, along with COVID-related absences, said the Fed in its Beige Book report. Would you get a load of that? You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to Fox News. Governor Ron DeSantis said his police departments in Florida are actively recruiting out-of-state police officers who were in danger of losing their jobs because of vaccine mandates, which he said could cause ripple effects in the economy. In addition to taking away people's personal choices, vaccine mandates will wreak havoc in the economy because even if a small percentage of these folks end up losing their jobs or voluntarily walking away, you're going to have huge disruptions in medical, in logistics, in law enforcement, DeSantis said. That's awesome, dude! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to Catholic News Agency Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York said, Human rights begin in the womb. I propose violence will not end until we stop the presumed untouchable radical abortion license that seems to have captivated a segment of our society, wrote Dolan. That's what I'm talking about! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 1 Hats off to the National Catholic Register. Parents are organizing and appearing at school board meetings across the country to fight against mask mandates, gender ideology, abortion access for teens, and critical race theory. Parents are no longer in partnership with schools. They are seen as antagonists, said Noel Maring, the California-based author of Awake, Not Woke, a Christian response to the cult of progressive ideology. I like that! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp. 
with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. A very holy young priest who loved the souls of his parishioners made an announcement one Sunday morning after Mass. He said, a distinguished person of the parish has died. The funeral will be held Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Since Father never mentioned the distinguished person's name, the whole parish was abuzz about who the person might be. They tried and tried to figure it out, but couldn't, so curiosity filled the church on Wednesday morning. In fact, the church was so full that people had to stand in the back. When the casket was opened, the people filed past to see the remains of the distinguished person. Many people gasped in surprise as they looked into the casket. After the Mass, the young priest said to the people, As you looked into the casket, you saw that the dead person was you. I borrowed this casket and placed a mirror in it so you could see yourself. You, my children, are spiritually dead, so I thought I'd bury you. Week after week, I sit alone in the confessional, praying for you to come unburden yourselves of your sins. And week after week, I see you receiving our Lord in the Eucharist when I know few of you are worthy. So this Mass was said for all of you. The young priest was never alone in the confessional again. We've become products of our modern culture and society. As Pope Pius XII said, we have lost our sense of sin. Whereas sin should fill us all with horror, instead we pretty much ignore it. We've become a people who make moral judgments more from convenience than from a well-formed conscience. We live in bad marriages, yet receive communion. We use artificial contraceptives, yet receive communion. We make use of pornography, yet receive communion. We treat sex as a recreational activity and do so outside the bonds of matrimony, yet receive communion. We vote for candidates who promote abortion, contraception, and homosexuality, yet receive communion. We skip Sunday and Holy Days Mass, yet when we do go to Mass, we receive communion. We commit serious sin but think it's okay as long as we go to confession, yet we receive communion. We belong to forbidden societies such as Freemasonry, yet we receive communion. We disrespect our parents, elders, priests, and bishops, and other legitimate authority, yet we receive communion. We wish evil on or desire revenge against others, yet we receive communion. We look at other people with lustful intentions, yet we receive communion. We willingly become an occasion of sin to others by dressing immodestly, yet we receive communion. We steal by failing to do sufficient work for the wages we're being paid, yet we receive communion. We unjustly injure the reputation of others by exposing their faults without necessity, yet we receive communion. We rashly misjudge others because we don't know the whole story, yet we receive communion. We fail to fast and abstain when required to do so, yet we receive communion. 
We go to communion in a state of mortal sin and commit one sacrilege after another, yet we compound it every week when we continue to receive communion. As the holy young priest pointed out to his parishioners, we are dead, spiritually dead. Despite that we know this, we continue to live as if we have all the time in the world. Death is no respecter of persons. I could die before finishing my next few words or you could die before hearing it. My son was 38 years old and the picture of health, but he simply failed to wake up one morning. My father was only 52 and fit as a fiddle, but he was found on the kitchen floor. We all know people who died all of a sudden, unexpected deaths, yet we seem to think and live as if it won't happen to us. John Henry Cardinal Newman once said, The greatest tragedy in the church is the ignorance of the laity. Although St. Newman's words were absolutely correct, I think that willful lack of knowledge has led to something much worse, our prideful refusal to avail ourselves of the great benefits and graces of the confessional. The prideful refusal is causing far too many souls to go to hell. Souls who in this life mistakenly believe they'll go to heaven when they die. Your priest loves your soul more than he loves life. Do you want to know how I know that? Priests are incredibly gifted and talented men. Every one of them I've ever known could have been captains of industry, mega-wealthy entrepreneurs, famous research scientists, doctors, lawyers, or any other successful position they wanted to be in. But that's not what they did. They chose to become priests of the living God, which is a humble and extremely demanding vocation that pays squat and is thankless and underappreciated. They became priests to serve both God and you. That's how I know your priest loves your soul more than he loves his own life. I've asked one question of almost every priest I've ever known. When do you feel most like a priest? Without exception, every single time a priest has told me that he feels most like a priest in the confessional, when he can forgive people's sins in Christ's name and in his stead. The Holy Catholic Church only requires us by canon law to go to confession once a year during the Easter time. But that's only a minimum for the sake of our immortal souls and not the church's heart. The church's heart strongly recommends we go to confession at least once a month, and she's most pleased if we avail ourselves of the life-changing benefits of the confessional once a week. When you go to confession to the same priest with frequency and regularity, that priest begins to know your soul the way you come to know a person who becomes your good friend. As he gets to know your soul, he's able to help you grow, improve, and learn as a person and to become holy in the sight of God. Availing yourself of God's mercy in the confessional only takes a few moments out of your day, and everything you tell the priest goes to the grave with him. In the entire history of the Catholic Church, not once has there been a documented case of a priest revealing what he's learned in the confessional, because to do so would cause him to be defrocked and excommunicated. Not even the greatest renegade, Martin Luther, revealed anything he ever heard in confession. But there have been thousands of priests in our history who have suffered torture and martyrdom rather than reveal what they've heard when souls unburden themselves of sin. Find out today when Father will be hearing confessions again and commit yourself to going. 
If you know your soul is in a state of mortal sin, call him today and make an appointment to let him show you God's mercy in the confessional. He won't mind taking time out of his busy day to hear your confession. The Mafia has an interesting and logical hierarchy. At the top of the food chain is the boss of the bosses. Then there's the territorial bosses. Next are the capos. Finally, you have the soldiers. The Sicilian Mafia is all but gone in America, but we have another kind of Mafia-like criminal organization. It's called the Lavender Mafia, and it has overwhelmingly infiltrated the USCCB. Because Chicago is the primatial sea in America, Cardinal Blaise Supich is the boss of the bosses. The territorial bosses are his fellow bishops who belong to the Lavender Mafia. Their capos are the diocesan chancellors and vicars. The foot soldiers are all those priests who agree with the criminal bishops, or they're too cowardly to courageously oppose the heresies and sins of the Lavender Mafia bishops. The Sicilian Mafia made all its ill-gotten wealth through strong-arming, lying, cheating, and stealing. The Lavender Mafia is no different, except they wear ecclesiastical robes that give them the appearance of legitimacy. Make no mistake, the Lavender Mafia is every bit as evil as the Sicilian Mafia. Through the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, they promote abortion, socialism, defunding the police, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, contraception, and illegal immigration. Worst of all, they do it with your money. They lie to you in never-ending appeals and strong-arm the money through parish taxes of the money you give the parish. They depend on your money. Well, you can fight back. Until our bishops begin doing as they ought, we shouldn't give them a dime. So I invite you to download Catholic Bogus Bucks. Catholic Bogus Bucks are intended to send a clear message to these criminal mafia-like bishops. They're great for wayward parish priests as well. Best of all, they're free to anyone who wants them. Try them out. This Sunday at collection time, assuming you're not happy with your parish priest, you know, the criminals who just haven't been promoted to bishop yet, drop a Catholic bogus buck in the collection basket rather than your hard-earned money. Message received. And the next time your bishop sends an envelope he's demanding that you fill with your hard-earned money to finance his criminal activity, fill it with Catholic bogus bucks instead. Catholic Bogus Bucks are easy to use. All you have to do is download the bucks and print all of them you want. They're free. Let me say that again. They're free. To get your Bogus Bucks, go to cantankerouscatholic.com slash evil bishops. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom has gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from author Oscar Wilde. He said, Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. I think Oscar Wilde would know that best. 
I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. Marge came to the doctor's office for another bottle of medicine for her mother. It did your mother no good then, asked the doctor. Here's another bottle, but make sure she takes it after meals. But Marge objected. No, doctor, mother isn't any better. Too bad, said the doctor. I wonder if I ought to change the medicine. She said it didn't make her cough any better, even though she rubbed it on her chest morning and night. Rubbed it on, exclaimed the doctor. No wonder she isn't any better. Can't she read the label? It says one tablespoon in water to be taken three times a day. No medicine's going to cure anyone who doesn't take it properly. Jesus gave us the sacraments so you can get sanctifying grace for your soul. Sanctifying grace is absolutely necessary for your salvation. The sacraments are medicine for your soul, and if you don't take them properly, you can't be saved. You have to receive the sacraments with frequency and devotion to stay in good spiritual health, especially confession, in order to be morally certain your soul is pure for reception of the Eucharist. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.